Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host Rich Fay. On today's episode we'll look back at United's weekend win over Liverpool in the FA Cup and look ahead to the game against Sheffield United in midweek. And for the big cup classic I'm delighted to be joined by two heavy hitters myself. Don Boo, welcome. Hello, thank you. And Tyrone Marshall, welcome to you as well. Good afternoon, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I think there's no other place to start than at Old Trafford on Sunday. Uh, we spoke before I came on air, Dom. You said it was the, the biggest game of the weekend. You said it's probably one of the biggest TV uh, fixtures of the entire year, and it certainly delivered. Um, I know, Dom, that you thought last weekend's 0 0 draw was, was quite good, and it's maybe more of a fascinating sort of tactical battle between the two sides. But this was gun co, two sides going for it, straight knockout, and it really did deliver. Yeah, I think the fact that it was an FA Cup tie, and both teams probably felt like it, it was worth playing without the handbrake on, uh, like you say, Rich, it made it a very different game to the to the league game between the two sides. I think United discovered something about themselves in the game. I think they, whereas in previous games and certainly last season, they, they were very defensive against the big teams, played on the counter-attack, often saw the three centre-backs, five across the, the defensive line. This was something altogether different, really, with with the two wingers, Greenwood and, and um, Rashford, flanking Cavani and um, proper number 10 in Van der Beek. I know Fernandes came on, but I think United just sort of asserted a bit of dominance over Liverpool. I know that it was a bit of end-to-end stuff and I, it probably could have gone either way, but I just enjoyed the way United played with the, with the shackles off. They created lots of chances and they probably did deserve to win the game in the end. I think they, they created the better of the chances. Cavani obviously could have wrapped it up and made it 4-2 with that header at the end. Uh, and a brilliant free kick by Fernandes to win it. It was just um, yeah, big game, obviously seen by a big audience on BBC TV. And I think United sent a big statement as well with, with that win. And it was more than just getting through to the FA Cup fifth round. I think it, it was a message to themselves, United, really, that they can play like this against the better teams and, and have some success. I think they'll take huge confidence from it. Yeah, Ty, you look back at United's results this season and you still maybe see that PSG away game and Leipzig as well at home with the two sort of standout performances. But this one, you know, against Liverpool, okay, albeit it's a Liverpool side who uh, down in the dumps at the moment, they've lost to Birmingham, they've lost to Southampton. It's not quite the same side that they were this time last year. But how big a sort of statement do you think that is for United to beat Liverpool and, you know, for Solskjaer finally to get that first win as a manager over Jurgen Klopp as well? I think it's a significant statement, especially as Liverpool, I think, were a lot better than than they were last week and, and have been recently, really. I mean, we have seen that Liverpool a bit have been pretty poor recently, but they were a lot better going forward here. And I mean, they were poor defensively and you could see how badly they missed Van Dijk, especially. I think, you know, United preyed on that and capitalised on that. But generally, I thought it was a Liverpool that, that looked, certainly from midfield onwards, a lot more like their old selves. So the good news for United is they still went toe-to-toe with them and managed to beat them. Um, I mean, Dom's right. I thought it was a terrific game. Two, you know, two. It looked like two really good teams, which is great for United. We've seen these sort of flash in the pan performances from United in the past, but it feels like they're building something a lot more coherent now. A lot of their performances recently, they're they're kind of mixing silk with steel and, and doing both sides of the job. And you know, they've got immense character in this team now. They're, that's possibly the biggest transformation this season. The, the winning mentality they've got. Um, Solskjaer said on Friday, had the four new signings have kind of changed that and. When they go behind, it's clear that there's no fear when they go behind. They turned it around against Liverpool to concede an equaliser then. They could have easily, you know, that, that was a time that equaliser came a little bit against the run of play. And after that, Liverpool had a, a strong spell of 15 minutes or so when they were on top. But United stayed strong, hung in the game. And I think that spoke volumes for their mentality and the strength of character within that team now and how they are sort of, they've got rid of these 
mad moments they used to have. They used to have kind of mad 10 or 15 minute spells. They'd concede one and suddenly concede two. And those sort of negative things have, have stopped happening. You still see occasional bit of madness. I think there was a moment yesterday when Maguire whacked a clearance straight at Lindelof in the six yard box. So there's still the occasional crazy thing, but the one off moments now rather than sort of 10 or 15 minute spells of play where United just throw a game away or, or dig themselves a massive hole. It's it's kind of one-off little moments now, um, which is hugely encouraging for United. And to take on a team like Liverpool, who looked back to their best, go toe-to-toe with them, play them at their own game and still win, I think is, is a massive statement of intent for United and, and sets them up brilliantly for the second half of the Premier League season. Yeah, Dom, as Ty touched upon there, maybe the credit to United and the fact that they've come from behind so often this season, that even when they did concede yesterday, you felt, well, this game isn't over. In the past, you felt heads would drop, United would maybe collapse a bit yeah there might be a bit of a second half fight but the manner in which United responded almost immediately you know they sort of rallied the storm at the back and then they sort of worked their way back into the game in a sensible manner rather than being erratic as like Ty said I think we saw maybe a bit last season sometimes United go a bit too erratic trying to get an immediate equaliser and then concede another uh, but United have almost benefited from being so sloppy at the back early in the season because they've had such experience this season of coming from behind to win that it's almost helped them on, on Sunday against Liverpool because as soon as they went behind, they knew what the game plan was. Yeah, the mentality is much stronger now. And I think that's uh, mostly down to the signings that Solskjaer has made. He signed players not just because of their ability, because of their attitude and, and personality. He talks a lot about uh, Fernandez and, and how humble he is off the pitch and how hardworking he is. I, I think he, he mentioned after the, the Liverpool game about Fernandez's free kick training routine, how he stayed behind for 45 minutes at Carrington to to practice free kicks. And it's a nice soundbite that for the media, but I guess it also does reveal quite a lot about Fernandez's personality and and. I just, I just think that the whole club really is thinking more, more ambitiously. I think there's more care about the results. It's interesting that you say about the, the coming from behind. I watched the um, during the Fulham game last week. I was, I wasn't working. I was watching it with my girlfriend, and I said when it was one nil to Fulham and United had been denied a penalty. I said United won't win this. It'll be, it'll be one all. They'll come back, but they won't come back enough. And I think I was thinking with maybe last season's United who, like you say, they would have mounted some sort of a fight back, but maybe they haven't got enough to, to go and then win the game. But this season's United did go and win it. And against Liverpool again, this, this season's United did go and win it. They showed the mentality that um, Solskjaer's been calling for for a long, long time, but it definitely wasn't it wasn't there when he took the club over and he, it wasn't there under Mourinho van Gaal either, I don't think. It's, uh, I think it's a marked improvement in that regard. Yeah, uh, Ty, Don mentioned it earlier as well, This uh, the man that United beat Liverpool at home. But you, you look back at this season in particular, OK, not last season, but literally just this season, United's record against the top teams has been a bit underwhelming. There's a defeat at home, the game against Chelsea, and, you know, we're recording this in the wake of Frank Lampard's sacking. You know, it looks even even worse of a nil-nil draw now. Um, we had the, the nil-nil goal game against City, losing City in the Carabao Cup. Uh, thrashing by Tottenham, of course, as well. This is the first game, really, against opposite senior, where United have really given them a proper account of themselves. And you feel United have come out of that fixture, and that's what United are all about. Going forward, do you think that the, the sort of formation, the openness of United that we saw on Sunday, is something they've got to replicate even against the other big sides this season? Yeah, I, I think so. I think they've developed enough now to, to feel that they can take those teams on toe-to-toe and, and, and really face them up. I think I think at the start of the season, there was kind of a reaction to that defeat at Tottenham, defeat to Tottenham rather at Old Trafford, where they went to their shells a bit, especially against the bigger teams. And 
you know, two of the games, especially uh, at Old Trafford, or three of them really, City, Chelsea and, and Arsenal, I mean, all three of them came to Old Trafford with the prime intention of keeping a clean sheet and accepting a draw. And City are probably, you know, I mean, City in a Premier League game, City never really looked like scoring. Chelsea never looked like scoring. Arsenal never looked like scoring until they got a penalty. The flip side of that, of course, is that United themselves never looked like scoring. And I think at that point, they were prioritising a bit more safety at the back and, and kind of getting that Tottenham defeat out of their system and not focusing on, on going forward and creating chances. And I think there's been a gradual change since then. And obviously, they're a lot more confident now that that Tottenham game's a long time ago. They've been on a brilliant run of form. I think they feel more emboldened to kind of play their way against the big teams now. The, the back three, the back five is gone. It's more on the front foot. How can we hurt the opposition rather than how are they going to hurt us? And I think we said on their podcast, on Friday that United hadn't scored a goal from open play against a, a big six team since March when they beat City 2-0. So you know, they'd scored penalties since then. Obviously, they had good results and they've scored goals against Leicester, who were you know second in the league, third in the league or whatever. So you know it was a bit of a, a pick a stat to kind of you know show something that United had been struggling in these big games. So to score three will be a massive confidence boost, especially with Arsenal coming up next week. And I think it did show that you know the team have improved so much in terms of, I think, their confidence and their belief to play their own way that they're now going into these games focusing on what they can do rather than what the opposition are going to do to them. Yeah, exactly. I think that's perfectly summed up. It did seem United are trying to restrict the other side rather than just, like you said, amplify their own abilities and just show what they what they can do going forward. And it's been frustrating watching United in the big six games, really, because you know they can offer so much more, but they haven't quite done it. So in terms of the team selection that we saw on Sunday, again, it's another thing that sort of changed this season. Solskjaer has maybe learned from past mistakes that going wholesale in this change doesn't quite work. The rhythm sort of loses a bit, the tempo loses it. Okay, it's Liverpool, you're not going to make six or seven changes for, for them at home. But the, the subs he did make, the sort of changes to the, the lineup, they seem to be sensible ones. And, you know, United still managed to keep that sort of solidity and the foundations of the side that's been on this great run. Uh, what did you make make of the players who did come into the side? I mean, Donny van der Beek probably the uh, standout one, really, and, and Dean Henderson goal maybe a bit unlucky with, with the goals, but uh, you know another good account for himself as well. Yeah, I think that all eyes are on those two. I don't think either of them did fantastically well, though. I don't think either of them did poorly either. I think it's just good for United to have those options, like you say, to bring some players into the side. I never like it when they make eight, nine, ten changes. Like you say, it was never going to happen against Liverpool, but against Watford in the third round of the club, they made 10 changes, I think it was, and it was a really disjointed performance other than for maybe 10, 15 minutes when they scored a goal. So United, United and Solskjaer need to have reliable players on the fringes, probably a pool of about 16 to 18 players, really, that they can they can really hang their hat on. And Van der Beek's definitely among that group. I don't think that he's a, he's a deserved starter at the moment. I don't think he, he did poorly against Liverpool. I think Tyrone and I were talking about it just before we came on air, that he and Fernandes do that number 10 role slightly differently. And I personally think that Fernandes suits the style that United play a bit better, a bit more risk-taking, a bit more front foot forward thinking, very quick on his uh, passing with his tempo. And that's the team that United want to be under Solskjaer and they obviously have the players by and large to do it. I think Van der Beek... Yeah, I think most people will be prepared to give him time. It's not like United is desperate for him to come into the team and and to, you know, give them a, a kick up the backside. Really, I think earlier in the season people were calling for that when United were off form. Now the pressure's off, really, and United can can gently ease Van der Beek in here and there. The Europa League coming up will provide a good opportunity for him to start regular games as well. 
Yeah, exactly. I think I understand. I think for myself, when Pandovic started the season, he played quite well. You know, he came on his debut score. He made difference against Brighton as well. I just thought he did a run of, of games. Like you said, well, I think that Fernandez, you're going to get like maybe 10 times he plays, eight of them will be eight out of 10s, and the other two could be two or three out of 10s. And Van der Beek, you see him, you're going to get six or seven out of 10 every single time. But Fernandez just offers a bit more. He's got that risk taking. Obviously, maybe better goal contributions right out. But I also feel sorry for Van der Beek because I feel that he gets these opportunities where, you know, he's thrown in when United are playing badly or there's 10 minutes left. And it's, well, what can you actually do there? It's as much about the circumstances he's yeah. playing in. But uh, like you said, Don. And being compared to Fernandez is, is hard because of the impact that Fernandez had. Not many people are going to come in after signing for United and have such an immediate impact. Some people are going to take a while. I think Solskjaer. Uh, reference Lindelof and Fred, didn't he, in a press conference a couple of weeks ago when saying some players need a betting in period. So I think Van der Beek should, you know, should be allowed that really for most fans or give him that latitude. I think um one of the I think one of the issues he's had as well is he obviously got the chance to replace Fernandez at West Ham at the start of December. That's the last time he really had a go in in that role. And it was I mean it was disastrous for 45 minutes. He didn't influence the game at all. United were terrible. He came off at half time, Fernandez came on and, and changed the game and since then, Van der Beek's two starts have been on the left of a front three at Everton and in a holding midfield role against Watford and now in this more advanced role. So that's three starts in the best part of two months and in three different positions. So it's very difficult to get rhythm there. And he's not really seeing much time as a substitute. I think in those nine games, nine Premier League games since West Ham, he's been an unused sub on seven of them. So it's not like he's getting much of a chance to, to build up his rhythm. But I thought it was significant that he started yesterday and started in that role. It was definitely the biggest game he's been thrust into by Solskjaer. It's noticeable that Solskjaer admitted he was unhappy with his playing time as well earlier in the week, which, which I guess is, is sensible as a Holland international. You're going to be fairly annoyed at your lack of playing time. I think he's only played 15% of... Premier League minutes for United but it did feel like a kind of show of support from Solskjaer for him that he that he gave him that game and like Dom says he, he you know he played well enough but he does interpret that role differently it's more about ball retention um in school at Ajax and, and kind of linking up I thought he linked up really well with Shaw and Rashford down the left a few times but it's more about short passes and, and interplay and looking to work someone behind whereas Fernandez is happy to give the ball away four times out of five if the fifth one puts Rashford through on goals so you know, they're two different players in terms of, of that role. But I think he did enough to, to show that certainly in Europa League and some league games, he's good enough to, to replace Fernandez and certainly start in, in that number 10 role. Yeah, of course. We're only half of the season now. It seems weird because we're approaching the end of January, but he'll get a chance. And, you know, touch wood, there won't be an injury for someone like Pogba or, or Fernandez going forward. But, you know, if they did, then United have that maybe insurance policy because they've got Van der Beek. You know, he is a sensational player on his day. So, United fans need a bit more patience and of course from United's point of view that there isn't really an urgency from United for Van der Beek to be playing but from the player you know the Euros in the summer you can understand why he might want more minutes but for United long term don't worry and like I said he'll get his chance coming up but final question on the game for both of you and I guess it's maybe looking ahead to West Ham in the next round and what could be beyond that and the FA Cup this season where do you rank it amongst United's priorities because obviously a trophy is central almost this year because United are in that drought now. It'll be four years since they last won a trophy when they won Europa League 2017. Solskjaer needs that trophy to almost complete his transformation. You know, we've seen so much progress on the pitch. We've seen so much steady progress that's being rewarded now by United's consistency, but they still need that piece of silverware to really make a statement really of where they are. And where would you put the FA Cup in their list of priorities? Don, I'll start with you. I put it quite high. I, obviously, you have to say that the caveat that United need a, a you know a big successful 
not necessarily a league title, but they need a very good league campaign to go alongside it. You obviously wrote the piece a, a while back, Rich, about how uh, Van Gaal was sacked straight after winning the FA Cup. It, you know, it didn't save him, and it hasn't saved many a many a top manager in recent seasons. But I think we're literally just saying he needs a trophy just to to get that monk off his back and to stop people talking about it. I think we're probably close to that point with Solskjaer now because this is the, lo- the longest run United have had without silverware since the the very early days of Ferguson. So, yeah, definitely highly. And I think United will probably prioritise the FA Cup over the Europa League. Purely, there's, there's a lot fewer games to play. And obviously, the travelling, the, the, when the games come, they usually come at weekends rather than like a Thursday-Sunday transition, which is the Europa League. So, I think, yeah, it would be it would be a good one for United to win. Obviously, they've knocked out a, a good team in Liverpool and, and other good teams have gone out of the, the competition as well. So, yeah, highly for me. But obviously... the if it, it ends up being a, a league title challenge and you have to rest players for a cup semi-final if you want to win the league decider, then that's a no-brainer. Yeah, tie um, Liverpool out, Arsenal out. I mean, maybe not always falling into the good team bracket, but they are the holders of the competition. Uh, if you look at maybe the, the teams left in it, it's Tottenham City and United, really, the, the teams mm. that you, you're back to, to go to the semi-finals. Chelsea, they're an enigma at the moment because Thomas Tuchel's going to come in and who knows what ramifications that's going to have on, on their season. Um, but United, you know, they've got to really fancy their chances of not only getting to the last four, but getting to a final. You know, they, they got there last season, they were beaten by Lampard, ironically. Um, United have to be getting to the, the final really this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good opportunity for them. I and mean, certainly West Ham is a game they, they should be winning. And I mean, Solskjaer, we make a lot of these semi-final, four semi-final defeats now, but his record in cup competitions at United has been exceptional in terms of getting through rounds and, and going deep into competitions. And they should be beating West Ham to reach the quarterfinals, I think it would be. Like Dom, I would put it just about second ahead of the Europa League. United, I mean, it's, it's very close in the Premier League and we are only halfway through, so it feels like a lot can change. But United should be pretty comfortable for top four now. You'd have thought it would take a, a hell of a revival from Chelsea to, to threaten that. And although there's some good teams in there in terms of City, Leicester, Tottenham, Liverpool, you would think what United have shown so far would suggest that even if they don't win the league, they're going to get top four comfortably enough, even if the gap might not be, even if there might only be a few points between all of the top four. I mean, in terms of a trophy, it would certainly aid Solskjaer's course. It would certainly help United. Solskjaer's made a lot about that winning feeling and, and that idea that a trophy would, would help this young team. And it's been noticeably signed players recently who have won a lot of trophies in their domestic leagues to, to come into United and, and aid that winning mentality. So he obviously thinks it, it is significant. And I think it would be, but I don't think it's the be all and end all. I think there was, you know, we talk about Pochettino. I, I don't think his reign at Spurs or his stature as a manager is any less for, for not winning a trophy. There's not many trophies available and they tend to go to elite clubs. And although United are an elite club, there's, there's no guarantee that you're going to get one every season. And, you know, I think if United if United were shocked by West Ham and, and somehow lost to West Ham in the fifth round and finished second in the Premier League, I still think you'd have to say that's a good season. I don't think anyone would expect them to have a, a title challenge. So, you know, obviously both of those are a, are a long way off and they should beat West Ham. But if that was a scenario and, and they did finish second and only a couple of points, a handful of points off, off winning the league, I think you'd have to say from, you know, from where United were at the start of the season and a few weeks into the season, you'd have to say that's a, a successful season. But obviously a trophy would would be very welcome. Yeah, of course. Like I said, it, it comes down to the wide situation and what else happens between now and then. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. But of course, United just want to hold on to their top spot in the Premier League and they face Sheffield United in midweek. And if you want to be the best team in the Premier League, you've got to deal with the pressure and Sheffield United at home is as much as a gimme as they come, really. And that's in Premier League history. The Sheffield United team 
you know, they're, they're, they're sort of derby standards at the moment. Uh, they, they look like they're beating boys. United need to be confident going into this game, Dom. And, you know, this is when you really maybe do learn a lot about United because Solskjaer said after that draw against Liverpool, you know, it, it's, it's a good point if we go and, and beat Fulham. United have done that. But after beating Liverpool at the weekend, they have to beat Sheffield United in midweek, surely. Yeah, they absolutely do. Uh, it's a game that you have a lot more confidence in them to win than than you would have done, you know, six months ago or, or a year ago. You think back to that that home defeat against Burnley, where it was a real low point in the in the Solskjaer era, and those games early on in the in both that season and in this season, the defeat against Crystal Palace was, you know, a really really low moment as well. And United, I think they they brought they managed to get themselves away from the chaotic defending that they can be capable of I think Ty mentioned it earlier in the podcast which you know they, they put pressure on teams at home they look like they deserve to win the game and then they just have a, an absolute brain fart at the back and they lose a game and I don't think that is going to happen now I think they're probably a little bit beyond that a bit more mature like I talked about with the mentality I think that is it's just not acceptable now I think the likes of Fernandez on the field is a leader he won't accept um, things like that Maguire he's capable of a mistake but I think he's he's gradually improved and maybe put aside some of his summer struggles as well as the season's gone on Eric Bailly should come back in I think he's he's the more reliable presence next to Maguire at the back as well now uh, and then with Luke Shaw who's having probably you know his best best, best season as a footballer so I trust United's defence and we've spoken a lot about the attack and it should have way too much for for Sheffield United. It's it's just a, a case of making sure they don't have don't have one of those off days, and they're becoming fewer and fewer now. So I do trust United to to get through this one comfortably. In tight compliments United because you think about those great Sirks Ferguson sides, and there used to be that cliche that you know United had teams beaten in the tunnel when they were walking out at Old Trafford. They're like, we've won this game. You know, it's it's such a sort of guarantee that it it really was a foregone conclusion that United would win. Obviously, not having Old Trafford packed with fans. Maybe makes that a bit harder to achieve at the moment. But it's what United need to get back to. If they want to be genuine title contenders, they need to have these games where we go into it and when we preview it, we don't even have that thought in the back of our head saying, United, because of the couple we've seen over the last year, they've had these results. But it's confident to United that maybe we do go into this game midweek thinking United are going to win this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it should be United's biggest banker of the season, really, shouldn't it, in the league? And I think it, it probably will be. I mean, they made a little bit... I don't know if heavy weather is the right word, but, you know, they gave Sheffield United a chance in, in the return game, which was only last month, I think. You know, they, they obviously went behind early with, with Henderson's mistake and then conceded late on and had a, a little bit of pressure late on. But at home, it, it should be a, a different result, really. And Sheffield United haven't really improved or kicked on since then. They've got their win, but... I mean, they're dead and buried in terms of relegation, aren't they? And, and their confidence has got to be low. And you've just got to think that this should be as, as you know, as big a banker as United are going to have all season. It should be absolutely routine. And like the days of old, really, it should be a case that it's not a case of, are United going to win? It's how many they're going to win by. And you've got to think that it, it should be routine. I don't think, I don't really think it's a test for them now in terms of, you know, something they've got to pass. Maybe six months ago, we might have said on the back of some good results. How do they cope with it? But I think we've seen enough from them over the last two months to know that they've become a lot better at putting away the poor teams. I mean, they thrashed Leeds, Old Trafford, Leeds might have played into their hands, but, you know, they've been good enough at winning these games recently to make you think that this shouldn't be a game where they, they end up in a battle and it should be one that, that they can win fairly comfortably. Yeah, Don, in terms of the game for Wednesday night, team selection for you, we've already said in this podcast that, you know, the wholesale changes are a risk because United, they just lack that tempo and the rhythm drops a bit and it takes it takes a while to get going in those games. So maybe three or four changes in midweek. Are there any players in particular you'd bring in or anyone that you would give a rest to with Arsenal ahead of the weekend? 
There are a couple of people I might be considering a rest for. It's difficult at right back with Wan Basaka. He's got a lot of criticism recently. I think some of it has been slightly unfair. I think that he does a really good job for the team. I think his attitude is always absolutely spot on. Uh, I like the, I like his approach to the tackles, full blooded, and he is getting forward. I know that that's a, a part of the game that people pick up on, upon with him, but I think. He is improving, but I still think United need to to maybe rest him. I'm not sure how much um, Solskjaer trusts Brandon Williams to, to play in a, a league game as, as the right back or maybe play Axel Tuanzebi there or something like that. I think Alex Tellers should probably play on the other side. I think Luke Shaw's been absolutely excellent recently, but again, probably like to see him given a, given a break and save for the Arsenal game at the weekend. I think in midfield, we'll probably see Nemanja Matic back in the side. Uh, I think Pogba probably keeps his place in, in a more central position. You, he was excellent there against Fulham and good again against Liverpool. So I think Matic and Pogba tend to work in these kind of games. And then I really like the front three against Liverpool, actually. I think it was it was really well balanced, like I said before, with the, the width provided by Greenwood and Rashford and then Cavani being that proper number nine down the middle. There's a chance that, that, that Martial will come back either on the left or in the middle because we know how much Solskjaer likes him. But I did like the balance of that front three. And, you know, the performances of Greenwood and Rashford, that both of those have maybe gone through a bit of a blip of, of late, but they were both back on form and they seemed to, to really respond well to the presence of Cavani as a focal point. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see maybe how nostalgic Solskjaer goes with his selection because, of course, Marshall got the hat-trick last time United played Sheffield United at home and, you know, as United's first hat-trick since Van Persie had got one uh, when United sealed the title against Villa. So you almost might think Solskjaer goes, well, Marshall's got this great record against Sheffield United, we play him, but obviously you lose the focal point and being able to put the crosses into the box like we saw at Fulham last week uh, with Cavani. And like you said, Dom, on Wan Bissaka, I thought last week against Fulham, Wan Bissaka was better going forward than he was defensively almost. It's like a weird alternative universe we were in. And you, you forget how poor the right-back area was before he came. You know, we had Ashley Young, Antonio Valencia. United just needed some consistency there. And now they've got it, you almost need to say, OK, maybe he needs a rest. He needs some competition like Luke Shaw's had on the left. But the standard he set is just almost taken for granted now. Uh, Ty, the final maybe piece of team news that United fans will care about. And of course, we'll get an update probably from Solskjaer on his press conference on Tuesday. Is that of Ahmad Diallo. United fans still eager to see him in a matchday squad. Checking out at home might be the perfect chance for him to at least make the bench. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe with nine subs. I'd be surprised if, if he... Was if I surprised if he'd gone on unless United were were comfortable. I mean, we've got to remember this is a guy who's played 120 minutes, I think, of, of senior football. I mean, there's a lot of excitement about him, but Atalanta were, were giving him very limited minutes um, in Serie A, and United, as good as Atalanta are, United are probably a better team at the moment with much more strength and depth. So I think he's got his work cut out. Solskjaer, we asked Solskjaer about this on, on Friday when he did his, the Sunday section of his press conference, and he kind of hinted that he might be in the squad to face Liverpool. He basically said, we've not decided yet, and he's, you know, he's been training well. So he did make it sound like it was, it was a real sort of toss-up. It wasn't a case of it's too early for him. So it would suggest he's, he's probably not far off. And if he's going to feature in a league game, this is probably as good as any. I mean, I'd imagine the FA Cup game against West Ham is probably more likely uh, just for the fact that you get five subs to use there. And it probably gives gives Solskjaer better options to, to bring him on even later on if United are ahead. But yeah, there's a chance. Um, there's a, You know, there's a chance. You've obviously got a bigger bench against Sheffield United as well. I think you've got nine subs, even if you can only use three. So it would make sense, but there's um, you know there's a lot of competition for places in that squad, and the, the bench for United is is really strong at the moment. So as keen as we all are to to see him, I wouldn't be surprised if we have to wait a little bit longer yet. Yeah, I think that's almost confident as well to United that they've maybe learnt from maybe not a mistake in the past, but. 
they're really making plays earn their starts at the moment. It's not like, oh, you've not played for a few weeks, you can have a go this week. You've really got to earn it. And Solskjaer again alluded to that, didn't he? Tying as pretty much a press conference before Liverpool game saying that some players thought, oh, it's okay, I'm getting paid, I'll get another chance next week. Um, there's a real fight for places. So hopefully it all come together in midweek. Um, I've not even really got to have to ask you this. I don't think both of you backing up to win this week. Routine. Yeah, should be Routine. buying three or four, I think, for, for a change. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what United need if they do want to continue with this first half of the season momentum, which has left them top of the table. And, you know, they could still be there from the end of Wednesday night as well. And we will be back later in the week, our Thursday or Friday, to reflect on that game against Sheffield United and look ahead to the game against Arsenal this weekend. So, Ty and Dom, thank you very much for joining us today on the Manchester Red Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you very much at home for listening once again. As always, if you haven't left a like or a subscription to our podcast, yes, then please do it. It really does help us. And if not, we'll see you again next time anyway. Take care. We'll see you again later in the week.